podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you see me put my thing on me, it's because I've got stew that's cooking at the moment, so. <laughs> yeah, bro, I've, I've got to eat, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm having brown rice stew and fish tonight, man, so. Do you know what? I, I've been eating more healthy, I think. At least I'm trying. Like, I've lost weight kind of, like, by not trying. So mm. I'm like, Daniel, if you actually tried... I think you could get to like an ideal weight because if 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 you guys don't know, I'm quite overweight. Maybe like eighty pounds. I don't know what that is in stone. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm I'm putting on some weight as well. Which is what like even my when I went to see my mom, my mom was like, "You gotta get rid of that stomach, man." Because <laughs> because because before like my stomach was like you know flat, blah blah blah. But now away from school, away from activities, you don't have the whole thing of weight. You know, at school you're always moving, you're always in activity. So now yeah. my mom's like, "Look, you got to get rid of that stomach, man. You got to get rid of it." I'm like, "Look, I'm trying." Yeah. <laughs> Trying, man, you know, it's it's because your job includes sitting That's at a desk issue. and no, 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 what's it called? I literally went yeah. out for because I've been doing for a run. I went out for a run today, bro. I almost collapsed. I was completely out of breath. Like, man, it's like so just to walk like a mile or something, like I'm out of breath. <laughs> I, I live at the bottom of a hill, so what I'm gonna start doing is walking just up the hill, down the hill, up the hill. You know, because because my cousin yeah. said to me that what you do, just walk. First, do walk. Then you will do a light jog. Then you're running. Don't start jogging if you're not doing anything because you'll, be, you'll ruin yourself. Just start very light, very but very light. Be, because of my knee injury, I don't even think I would try to jog or sprint yet. I just need to just walk. But it's it's that thing of what we do. I don't want to put myself in your thing, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just sitting at a desk in front of a computer, just typing or clicking. Like you don't, and when you're doing it from home and you don't have to go to an office or you don't have to go to a school, like you said, you're just there. You have to want to make time for it. So, so, so my first thing is just like eating healthy. So like rice, vegetables, I don't know how healthy rice is, but you know, it's better than chips and fish and chicken and. Basically anything white isn't good for you. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can take that as a double on genre or one of the bottom. Yeah, like what's it called? Like white pasta, white rice, yeah. sugars, not good for you. Cheese? White cheese? Is white cheese bad for you? No, basically, I think the, the, the rule is that anything white, uh-uh. Always try and go for brown. Basically, brown rice, brown pasta, that kind of stuff. So. Do you know, I've heard that like if you eat a certain amount of colors in a day, it's a good thing. So, like, if you eat some red foods, green foods, orange foods, purple foods, mm-hmm. browns. Well, well obviously, yellow. you should always try and go do green. So, basically, like, what's it called? Like, um, spinaches, broccoli, all that kind of stuff, you know. This is a long intro to the pod. I know, like, man. I, I, I think yeah. I, <laughs> this is the talking talking food, talking food tactics. Talking snacks, man. <laughs> uh, my name's Daniel. It's Kid HH, man. It's the Kid HH. Yep, uh, we do the podcast. We record it Tuesdays. You hear, you guys hear it on Wednesday, unless you live in Australia. Maybe it's on Thursday. Um, follow us on all the social media platforms: Twitter, Instagram. Um, maybe the main ones, Twitter especially. Um, half of where, where can people find your work? Halfoffootballhot.com, baby. Link is in the description. You can find my writing on Off Target this week. I'm I'm finishing something on Ivan Tony and betting. So mm. that'll, that'll be released soon. Carl said he wrote something that was 4,000 words. Damn. So I, maybe that's coming on The Athletic soon. It might have something to do with the Netherlands because he's been back and forth from the Netherlands. Is there anything left? Patreon, check us out. There's old podcasts going back 2019. We haven't been as consistent, but there's like a wealth of podcasts there, probably over 100 or 200 that we've done um, that are extra and we we got a like a voicemail thing. So people have been asking, hey, can we talk to the show? Can you guys set up a voice thing? I've heard that at least three, four, five times during the course of the pod. So I was like, you know what? When I find a way, I'll tell you. And I found a way. We got a couple of messages just kind of like to test it out. So yeah, next week, maybe when there's no football to talk about other than the international break, we can ramp it up and maybe you guys can send some more messages. So um yeah we will we'll we'll test that later in the show but thank you to the couple people that send messages uh really appreciate it so yeah link is in the description i think it's called speakpipe.com forward slash talking tactics and you can believe 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 just talk 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 to the show and uh we'll 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 bring you on you guys will see in a bit so i think i want to start with antonio conte you know tonio tonio oh did you see him on on ryan 
I did. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is this is my confusion with Conte. If you're on Ryanair, which if you don't know, that might be like Frontier or Spirit, I guess, is maybe the more like American version. It's like the cheap airline, basically, that'll get you to wherever you need to go for less Which, than... Okay, so, so I, I thought Delta is the, is the cheap one. Is that, no, 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 no. Front, Frontier and Spirit. Those are the two. Like, if you need to get from somewhere, you can get there for like $20, $30. Like, it's cheap. And I think that's what Ryanair is, where you can fly different places for like £10, £20, whatever it is. It's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no, no, no. tell you the truth, I've never used Ryanair. <laughs> I, mean, I know people who've used Ryanair, but yeah, I just, I've, I've never really used Ryanair. I've always, you know, it, done, because I think at, at least from, my, most of my trips are like to Nigeria and so forth. So, do, do, or like international. Which, which, which airline do you fly mostly with? Oh, Virgin. No, I mean, so basically it, it was British Airways before Virgin came through. Then when Virgin came with just better service, better mm-hmm stuff and so forth then like it's now for virgin all the way virgin okay but but, right. but 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 then when i was in switzerland there was swiss air when i was going from geneva to nigeria there was swiss air and then thingy so have you ever used fly emirates like have they ever gotten you with the advertising but then like what's to wear though unless it's going to work <laughs> i need to i can just let me just use fly emirates for the sake of it so it so depends. oh so they they only fly see i guess like where i would look to fly a lot of the like in East Africa, they either take you to Rwanda, to Ethiopia, or some mm. of the flights go to Qatar or United Arab Emirates. So some of those flights where it's like fly Emirates, I'm like, oh, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Real Madrid, Chelsea, Arsenal back in the day. So anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, he was on the plane. And I was wondering, if you're on Ryanair, does that mean you're a cheapskate? And if you're a cheapskate, do you have the right to complain about what Daniel Levy is up to? In other words, let me find out Conte is more cheap than Daniel Levy. <laughs> I don't think Daniel Levy would be caught dead on a Ryan airplane. He'd be on his private jet wherever he's going. The idea that Conte would somehow be on like a, a budget airline, I find that quite hilarious given the state of how he leaves particular football clubs. You can look at Juventus. I believe he was at Lecce or one of those clubs before, the way he left Chelsea. He's I, a severance merchant, man. The guy's a severance merchant. But that's the thing. Like, if you want money, what are you just a, a Scrooge? Like, you just are Scrooge McDuck, rather, <laughs> where you just want to keep the coins and just jump in the coins? Like, is that what we're doing? I respect it, though. I do respect it. No, I, me hustle. too. I, I respect it. I'm just confused at why you're like this. Like, where did you grow up that poverty was that deep in your upbringing? Have you, okay, first of all, have you seen what Conte looks like? And did you, and did you, and she said, I remember, I remember when Conte used to play. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, don't judge a book by its cover, but I am going to judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Conte looks like a guy who, yeah, he would, if he gets money, even if he's a billionaire, he'd still save <laughs> money. So, he's like, he's, he's, he's that kind of guy. So, <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm confused at, Actually, I'm not confused because people do things for individual reasons. Hmm. So what I want in a football context might not be what I want in my personal life because they're two different things. Like you separate it. This is what I do personally. This is what I do professionally. Professionally, we fly private. We do this. We do that. In my personal life, I'm not spending money to go. If I can get to, I don't know wherever he's going, Rome or Turin or wherever he's going, Milan probably, for 30 pounds? Why am I going to fly private? It doesn't make sense. So I can respect that because I feel like I would I would love to think I would be that disciplined. However, when he starts complaining about, I want this player, I want that player, Tottenham aren't serious. I mean, you're dealing with an owner that feels that kind of same way about his football club or a chairman rather. Which Bruno, but then that's, therein lies the issue though, is that then he shouldn't be a football club owner. I'm not judging somebody who wants to save money and is very cautious with how they spend and everything. Hundred percent. Like, like it's funny. My brothers are like polar opposites. One of my brothers, he'll spend, 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 spend. My other brother, he is going to just be very careful with his money and so forth. So they're totally opposite. And for me, I'm like, it is, it is what it is. I'm like maybe a bit in the middle and so forth. But the thing though is, for a football owner and for a club like Tottenham with the kind of fan base that it has. You can't have an owner like Levy. Like when you just look at that stadium, you look at how much fans are paying for a season ticket and how much fans are paying for a ticket and so on and so forth. 
it is a, a slap in the face for you to, um, to, to be a penny pincher. It's just a slap <laughs> in the face. So, you know. But I like that Conte came out and accused not just him, but the players. Because it proves what I've always thought about Tottenham in particular, which is it's a club where managers go thinking that they can revitalize something, especially the last two, Mourinho and Conte. They build themselves as serial winners, that everything I do is to win, everything I do is to win. But mm. the, the, the sneaky part is they never really say that until it's obvious that they'll win. So 13-14, uh, it wasn't obvious that Chelsea would win. So what did Mourinho say? We are the little horse that could. He would come up with these stupid analogies. But when he was champion of Europe and he was coming into 2004, 2005, he was like, I'm a special one. I'm not one of the bottle. I think I'm a special one. All that kind of stuff, right? They only get confident when it's apparent that they will win. So when you go to Spurs... What they do is they use the history and legacy of the club as a shield to deflect their lack of winning because they perceive my my reputation is win at all costs. I am a mm. winner. This is how I get jobs. People perceive me that if I come, I will win. And generally, they win. But if you go to Spurs and you don't win, you need an excuse as to why you're not winning. And their excuse is, it's just Tottenham. This is what they do. Chiellini said it. Mourinho hinted towards it. Conte's now. Conte was very much. It is the history of the Tottenham. He was very much that. That's what he said, basically. Just no, but but, but is, he, is he wrong though? That's my no, thing. no, 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 no. He, he's not wrong. But if you want to change the perception or the culture of the club, you can't use it as a shield to deflect your own personal deficiencies or what you perceive to be personal deficiencies. I don't think they are. I think maybe the club is just generally run poorly. However. You need somebody to actually believe that they can win. I think Pochettino was the closest to this, where he never really quite used the club as a shield to protect himself. He generally thought that the core that he had, Dembele, uh, Lamella, uh, Kane, Erickson, all those, Aurier, all those guys, he felt that they could win. So he never really used them as a shield to protect himself until it became obvious that, you know, they weren't going to win anything. So, no, no, but, 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 yeah, um, go for it. I, I don't think it's a case of they are Ron Pauling. You know, I just think it's a case of the... The curse? No, no, no. It's a, it comes from the top. Basically, a perfect example is Abramovich and Levy. Compare them both. Abramovich is a football fan. So he wants... What gets him excited is his team winning and his team winning trophies. Mm. So he's going to be like, okay, what do I need to spend in order for my team to win? And if they're not winning trophies or so forth, I'm not going to take action. Levy is a businessman. His first, second, third, fourth port of call is how can I make the best business move to run this as a good, profitable business? And that's that's what the guy does. Because how do you have a stadium that looks like the Star Trek Enterprise and looks like a spaceship from the year 3000? But if not won a trophy in twenty years, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like it's it's it makes no sense. So it comes from what is the kind of culture? Because what he said is that these players, as Conte was saying, they're not used to playing with pressure. They don't like playing with pressure. It's easy. You come in, punch in your clock, and and you go. There are no kind of rep, 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 repercussions as to your bad performances or so forth. There, there's no benchmark. There are no real expectations. And. The key thing is is the, uh, the sports fans. The sports fans just accept that it is the way it is. It's almost similar to how some people are like in Nigeria, where, well, it is just how it is. You know, the country, no, no, no. What do you mean like the country is just like this? No. It's bad how this country is, so do better. Don't just accept that this is the way it is. So for a lot of Tottenham fans, the again, I always say that it's you have to decipher between the two sets of fans, the tribal fan and the football fan. So that's tribal Tottenham fan is, hey, Tottenham, it is what it is. We are bottlers. We lose a draw. It is what it is. I'm still going to punch my clock. And Levy is, is going to bank with that tribal fan as they're always going to come back, win lose a draw, and they'll always be there because Tottenham is part of their life. But the football fan is like, wait, hang on. Wait a minute. We had Ginola. We had Les Ferdinand. We had Modric. We had Bale. You know, we actually, we've actually had some quite superb, amazing players. 
And why is it that we've just never been able to really push on, hold on to the players or really try to build a team that can really win a trophy? That's because the owner, that isn't his concern. The owner's concern is business because he knows that win, lose or draw, those guys are still going to come to the stadium. Win, lose or draw, I'm, I'm always going to get those guys buying the merchandise and buying the, the, the tickets. And the majority of sports fans, they don't demand anything from the team. They don't demand anything from the team. Look at what is happening with Chelsea now. You see, b- before Abramovich, during the Ken Bates era, you can't demand anything from Chelsea. Hence why Chelsea would finish sixth and lose to Bradford City 3-1. But once Abramovich came... Dean Windass Brace, you forgot that part. Dean, you're sorry, they, 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 Dean Windass Brace. My, my guy, Dean, Dean, Dean Windass Brace. He, he'd always drop a two-piece with, with, with Frank Lebov dropping a disaster class, always away from home, always standard. Like... If it was January, cold against a thugged out team, Chelsea are losing standard. And then the buff is dropping a disaster class. But Ravage comes in and changes everything. That's why I said to Abdullah, I said, I actually feel sorry for you because you went here in the Ken Bates era. You and people of your age group were around in the Abramovich era. So this whole thing with Potter now, it's unacceptable. Because for like the best, for almost 20 years, Robert has now built an expectation of what this club is about and what you strive for. So for Chelsea fans, they're like, no, Potter, no, we demand something. Mm-hmm. We, the benchmark has been put at a level for a very long, long time. For Levy, there is no benchmark. It's just like, hey, it's Tottenham. Hey, it's my local team. It's a team that my dad supported and so forth. So I don't support them through thick and thin. So you've not built any kind of expectation. And that is the issue. The issue is comes from the owner. Because it's because my thing is that look, you've got an NFL contract. I believe they're now gonna work on an, an F1 con- contract. Lord what? only knows how yeah, they're working on an F1 contract. Oh wow, they want Lord, that money but without bro, spending it. Lord only knows how much him and Roger Goodell negotiated for that NFL contract. Because I think that's asking, part of why that stadium looks like that though, H H no, no, because no, no, the no. NFL joined in. So it, it makes is, sense that no, it no, looks you know like, they like it is the first modern park. football stadium in the world. Mm. So it is the first truly kind of modern with facilities. And so the first really modern stadium that exists in the world is that Tottenham Stadium in there. So, and when they did the whole um, Amazon documentary, you're like, bro, this stadium, the facilities, this thing looks freaking insane. The so, engineering of like how they pull the pitch, like the NFL pitch comes out and the football it's, pitch. It's, if if I'm a Tottenham fan, I'm sorry. See, for me, I have to take more eye to the sports fans. How can you look at a statement that looks like, like, like that with how much you're having to pay and you don't demand anything? That's the sta- and that's the saddest part. Again, there are guys who are like, Tottenham is my team. I don't support them. It is, it, is, it is what it is and so forth. But they don't really demand the key thing from these guys, you know? Mm, but see, so I think I think they thing. I think they need a manager to come in and say my mission is to win, like explicitly say it and not and not just lip service, but actually believe it. I don't know if Mourinho and Conte actually believed. I think they went there thinking, if I do it, this will prove my managerial genius because nobody has been able to do it. But you actually have to believe that you can go there and do it, and you can't use the club as a thing to to protect yourself once the results go poorly. So Conte is now, look, it's not me. It's the club. And you can look at my past track, re- track record and see. Mourinho did the same thing. You can look at my past and see I, I've won everywhere. I've won a trophy everywhere. But this club, damn, I can't do shit. Then he goes to Roma and he wins a trophy and he gets tattoos. Like, and, and, and again, like, the, the one thing I'll never forgive that club for is – you have Jose Mourinho in a cup final and you choose to sack him and go with Ryan Mason. You, man. If I see, if I see Levy in the streets, man. <laughs> if I see, joke. like, if I see Levy in an alleyway, bro, just me and him, what he I, did to Mourinho is unforgivable. It's, it's unforgivable. It's unforgivable. I, I know you're playing Manchester City. I know it's Pep Guardiola in like one of the best eras that he's had post, and maybe even ever. I don't even have to say post anything. So the likelihood is City would have won that final anyway. But they lost it 1-0 with Ryan Mason. So I'm thinking, why did you sack Mourinho? I think you sacked Mourinho before that final because if he wins, he has more power than anybody ever in the history of that club. And Levy didn't like the relationship between Mourinho. So he got rid of him just in case he won. 
Levy was more concerned, I think, with his own power and standing in the club than actually winning the club a trophy. And that's where I look at the club and I think this thing is a mess. Because if imagine Mourinho wins a trophy for Tottenham for the fir- for the first time since 2008, we don't have to have the discussion about Harry Kane has never won anything. This, 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 that. All of those discussions are finished. But what happens to Mourinho? His place in the club is now entrenched because he's brought Tottenham, you know, glory. Essentially, it's just a leak up, but glory nonetheless. I think Levy looked at that and was like, I don't know if I want to work with this man for the next three, four, five years because that's what it would have been. Because you can't sack Mourinho now because he's he's got his hands on silverware. So he was like, no, 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 no. I can't sack him. Ryan Mason, lose the final. Ah, we lost the final. We're Spurs anyway. What if even the chairman uses the failure of Tottenham as an excuse to do what he wants to do? That's deep. Oh, shit. Levy himself is using the culture of Spurs as a way to deflect from himself. That's got to be what it is. Like, we're so shit. I can just do whatever I want to do. And I can just use our history and our reputation as a shield to cover myself. It goes deeper than the manager. I think, does that make sense? What I'm working out? I mean, I mean, I mean, to paraphrase, Levy is basically be a, a prick, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, look, no, 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 no. From what you're saying, like, it's probably true because it's like, it I just, you know, for me, I, 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 I because look, I've known this Levy guy. I, you know, I've been saying this for for years. We're saying this for years that there is something wrong with this man. You know, like there is something wrong with this Levy dude. And I think that he's the kind of guy where he is very he much lives in his bubble, and is you know what he you know he, he reminds me of maybe not to the same extreme, Mike Dolan with the Knicks. Mm. Like I see a sort of like similarities there where you are you. you you don't listen to any criticism. You live in a bubble. You don't even want to be critiqued and so forth. And literally, you're running this, your franchise, your club and so forth, purely as a business without any real kind of efforts into trying to actually achieve anything sporting-wise. You know, so because this is why I say this summer is going to be very key because I think Conte is going to go. Yeah. Kane most likely is going to go. And then once you now have Kane going, what now? If Kane stays, I've, we need a... Oh no, he's not an no, evaluation. He's, he's, he's mad. He's not. Yeah, for me, no, no. My thing is that I, I, I double dare, I dare him to, to stay. Exactly. I, I dare him to stay because I think most likely he goes to Man United this summer. Like Which that's the most likely move. move. That would be great for the league as well. I mean, it would, it know. would create United City. That would it, like yeah. it gives. It's, it, it gives it's not on. It's not on. It gives the league like another level. I think because Kane would take United. Like their strikers situation isn't bad. But like we said, I think Ferguson had a point where he was like, we need another goal scorer. You give them Kane, who quietly, quiet as is kept. I mean, Haaland's catching all the, all the plaudits. Kane is season, having a good Kane season. Kane is having a great Very season. good season. It's just that Haaland is, a, is an alien. So if, if Haaland was in Bundesliga and Kane was doing this here, we would be like, this is one of the greatest seasons of a striker since, as, a, as like a number nine. Mm. Uh, maybe Suarez 14? No, no, it's up there, man. It's up the way. Well, what's because his, what's, because like all, on, all, is, is all the other like great goal scorers have been like in the intervening period have been like inside forwards. Mm. Like wait, 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 how, how much is your under? Like, is it 22 or 21, 22? 22, 22. Right. Yeah, well, hold on. EPL. You just type that in, right? Stats. 21 goals. Well, yeah. Ivan Tony 26. Rashford, 14. So imagine you combine them in some way and maybe Kane's not scoring 20, but if he can give United... 15 more goals, 16, 17 more goals that they wouldn't otherwise have. I mean, you close the gap between Arsenal from 20 points. Maybe it's eight, seven, six, somewhere in there. So who knows? Um, yeah, Spurs is just a sad situation. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully Conte, you know what I'm saying, you, you know, saving his money. I wonder what Conte's wife thinks about this stuff. <laughs> Like, would Conte's wife be caught dead on Ryanair, or is she with the program? I wonder. No, I mean, come on, like, I doubt she, nah. No, she's like, okay, look. I didn't I'm, marry I'm you I'm showing you, you, you can do that, but 
Ian's I ain't doing Ryanair. Like you're a manager of Tottenham. I ain't doing. I mean, you could do Ryanair. I ain't doing Ryanair. There's there's no way in the hell she's 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 in with this program. No uh, way. Could you? But okay, imagine being Conte's kid for a second. And you're like, Dad, can I get this? Dad, he's like, Nah, nah. Like, bro, you manage Tottenham. What do you mean I can't have an iPhone or I can't? You're not even gonna get us McDonald's. He's like, There's rice at home. <laughs> He was just like, use the rice cooker. Like, there's there's a use for a Mark Rubin in a rice cooker, there's, man. There's rice at home. That's the that's the African parent adage, bro. Proverb. There's rice at home. There's rice at home, and there always is rice at home. Big ass bag of basmati rice. Okay, I mean, how how do you get rid of Hufflepuff, man? Why is your mind going to Chelsea so much? <laughs> no, because I, wait, 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 wait. Have you seen? Did you see the image I put on Twitter? No. So I was trying Hold to on. basically, basically, Hold there's on. like a video when he's in Austin's where it says that booty shaking, blah blah blah, blah all this kind of stuff as he's doing stuff. So I was trying to find that. So I typed in Potter dancing for some reason. Oh I don't know why. God. And then I saw an flowers? image. Gold? What's this? Bro, I don't know what it is, bro. So there's just an image of him lying down. I think he's trying to get guys to recreate like Swan Lake. Oh, something wow. like that. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, you know what? Artsy. I I I mean I just feel that, you know, um because I said to myself that is there any instance, is there any kind of way in which this guy can beat Carlo over two legs. But here's the thing. Whether he does or not, have you seen the table? Because I think this, you know what? This English tax thing is as real. <laughs> if Potter was not English and was Italian or Spanish, bro, the amount of a, the worst BC has a but it would be even tenfold. Because for me, like, just chill for a moment. Chelsea are 10th. And they're on equal points with Villa, and they have a goal difference of one. <laughs> That's that is insane. They, I think were they fifth when Tuchel was removed? I think it was it was either fifth or sixth, but I think it was yeah. fifth. <sighs> I don't know what to say, bro. One that picture is weird. That picture is weird, <laughs> but it's just artistic dancing, I guess. Like no, no, but but, but here's the thing, though. But this, see, this is the, the key the key point here. So you look at the Everton game. And this just shows you the key issue. So you've spent 700 mil, you have all these players, but you're so, you have so little confidence in your team and in your management that the moment you take the lead, you then oh. bring off your target players and you put on cocaine to try and hold on to your lead because it's worked before against Everton, a team fighting for relegation. Do you know the thing about Gallagher that I've started to notice? And I, I think this is because he's trying so hard to prove himself. When he gets the ball, you can tell the game speeds up. And I don't and I don't like that in a midfielder. I like my midfielder when you get the ball, the game slows down for you. Maybe everybody else can be going 100 miles an hour. But for you, I want you to be going a comfortable 35. Modric is the best at this, at least currently playing. Where he gets the ball and the game for him... It goes in slow motion. Oh, no, no, no. Do you know who was the best at that of all time? All go, time. Go for it. Rick Raquel me. Mm. Oh, yeah, because he, he he played the game at his own pace. Like, it's <laughs> like ridiculous. He, he, I was like, he, how are he you? He brought how everybody people... to his own Yeah, team. I was like, wait, how is the game just slowing down to literally walking? It's like, just tackle him. Yes. But for some reason, I was like, this guy literally just walking, but somehow the game just changes to literally this guy just walk. I'm like, it's, it was weird. Have, it was weird. Have you seen the film Over the Hedge? I've heard of it before. Is that is it, is it the cartoon? Yes, it has Bruce Willis as RJ. Oh no 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 no! I didn't see. I, I saw oh, the trailer, okay. but I didn't see the film. Well, for 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 people who've seen the film, it's really good. It's one of my favorite animated films. There's a character called Hammy, right? And he's mm. a squirrel, and he goes. He's just very fast. And and when they want time to slow down for 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 one of the scenes in the movie, they basically give him like this energy drink, and it makes his like an already hyper thing just super fast. Which oh, essentially wow. slows down time. It's how they do like, like it's, it's as if the world slows down. I feel like Gallagher. He's on that, where it's like he's just he's he gets the ball and he's trying so hard to do stuff, 
that the mm. game just gets so fast and he takes a bad touch and the ball just gets away from him and then he goes chases it again it's just like bro you need to just no, 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 no. like that's take what, a no, breath no. man that's why when they called him cocaine Gallagher, I was like that makes it no works. sense but then when you look at it oh my gosh this guy looks like if he did three lines of coke before he came on. It's, like, it's, it's, it's cocaine galloper. That shit is so funny, bro. He <laughs> put galloper. <laughs> no, no, no. But, no, but, I, yeah, I, mean, yeah. but, but I think that's the thing with Pots. is like, you're looking at a manager who doesn't have confidence. Because to make those substitutions that early, going to one up against Everton, shows that you just... Or you're just desperately just trying to get points as quickly as possible. Did you know you that know? I saw someone say that Gallagher mm. is like Potter's version of Mikel? And I was like, whoa. Yeah, I saw chill, that. Chill, I was like, stop Chill, it. bro, chill. Stop it, man, stop <laughs> it. Like, at least, at least Barino, like, you could trust it, you know? Like, and mm. Mikel was actually good in that role. Like, and Mikel is a player that played at his own pace. When he got the ball, you could tell the game slowed down for him. And, and, and he was look, able and also, to find passes yeah. and just do do what he needed to do. You never he never felt rushed. And, yeah, and, and also, and, yeah, how are we comparing technically Mikel and Coco Kane? It's impossible. Now, now sometimes players can slow the game down to their own detriment. Kovacic is guilty of this, where he thinks he can dribble past players and I can just mm. beat you, and then he gets tackled, and then things happen. But you trust him in those situations. Gallagher gets the ball, and it's just like I see what you're trying to do, but it's like you're it's it's, it's like the turbo button on the on FIFA or something. It's just holding it down the whole time. It's like you can't even dribble correctly when you're just full sprint. You know, you just take take a break. But I think that's part of him. Like I need to prove myself in the team. I'm Chelsea. I'm you know keep the blue flag flying high. Whatever's in his mind. No, but but so, but, but, but doesn't. Um, Quidditch have to take some responsibility there. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Because my thing is that that's a young player, and are you, aren't, are you instructing him to be like, I want energy, or is it say, yo, calm down? And so, because my thing is that, was he, was he like this at Crystal Palace? It just mm. seems as if he's be, he's a lot more erratic and mindless for Chelsea than he was at Palace. You that's know, a good reminder about Vieira. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to Hodge, man. Shout out to your boy Hodge. <laughs> Um, so is there anything left on the Chelsea plate? Um, I, I would ask you just to whatever your one, two, three minute comment would be on the striker situation and what you think is going on there. And which striker do you think would best suit Chelsea in the summer? So, supposing they want to go buy one. Um, I have nothing. It's Obama Yang chilling in Barcelona and so forth, you know. That's thought to me look wild and crazy, but we don't know the details of what's happening between him and Chelsea. I think that that has sort of broken down. Mm. Um, my thing though is I have there is no explanation as to why you don't have a striker in the squad. Okay, you're beefing with Aubameyang whatsoever. Fofana can't make the squad. Any responsible manager takes an umbrella. What do I mean by that? In case it rains. Take the umbrella. But it's sun. It's no, 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 no. Just take the umbrella. But look at how sun it is. I know. Take the umbrella. Halfway through. Damn, where did the rain come from? Thank God I took my umbrella. You just never know. So have a plan B. Have a plan. Have a plan Z. You should always, always, always have a natural striker in your squad. Always. Because you just never know when you will need that kind of an option. Maybe you won't need it at all. But based on where, where the game is and so forth, you're like, man... I need, I need to go route one. I need to occupy these guys. I need I need someone just to hold that ball up and bring other guys into the game. It is, for me, the, unless you are peak Spain or peak Barcelona, there is no excuse as to how, as to any team or manager not having a national striker in their squad. Have hope. Have hope. What we have to remember all the time is even though Spain would play that way, mm. they would always, they would have David Villa. They would have... Torres, they would bring somebody who, if we need one, yeah. is there. It's not just, of, of course, they were wedded to the philosophy of Tiki Taka and short guys and Fabregas mm. playing false nine and all this kind of thing. But they took Torres for a good reason. No, no, it's, and, and actually, like 2012. He, Torres they, won Golden Boot, one of those tournaments. Yeah, look, see, 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 2012, like they hmm. pretty much did this without a strike, which was crazy. But Torres was still in that squad. <laughs> Torres and Villa were still there. I have, it makes zero sense how you, basically, just 
like it is it's <laughs> it's madness like how do you have a squad without a na- how are you going into a season how are you going into a Champions League knockout without a natural striker in your team? It's you know madness. what makes it. You know what makes it double worse, at least in in my viewing of it. They have expanded the rules. They've expanded the number of players in the squad. They've expanded the number of people on the bench, and they've expanded the number of substitutes. So it used to be seven. Now it's nine. It used to be three subs. Now it's five. You can change half the outfielders. You can't find one striker to put in nine on the bench. That's crazy. And, and, and also, don't give me the um, who's who's the brother that's injured, the young dude. Oh, Broha. Broha. Bro, for me, my see, here's here's my thing. Because oh, well, well, Broha. No, no, no. In a squad, minimum three strikers. You have he should have a minimum of three strikers in your squad. My, my, my thing, you have a guy who's your starting striker and you have your backup. So maybe one guy can flex between the B team or the under-21s. But you, you see, here's the, the thing. I blame Pep. <laughs> I blame Pep. Because what Pep did with Barca, which influenced Spain, was, man, we don't actually need a striker anymore and so forth. Wow, 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 and so forth. And that is why it is, I'm so happy with what Haaland is doing. Yeah, Pep because, done change. Pep changed, bro. Yeah, see, because my thing is that I'm I'm old school. I can appreciate the game evolving and so forth, but I don't believe the game can ever evolve beyond everyone has everyone is a specialist. I believe that the game is suffering from the um so-called extinction in parentheses of the number 10. Hmm. Because now we now have like, well. We can have a De Bruyne who can be number 10, a box-to-box, a strikes over. Cool. The game is missing the Snyder, the Ozil, the Totti, and it's and, and, and the Kaka. It will go back to it. Trust me. It will go back to it because I think that what you need is that specialist, specialist, specialist. You have to have guys who they specialize in that one thing. They can do other good things as well, but I need you to put a focus into this one role. Because it all comes together in making a properly functioning team. Mm. So my thing is, Havertz is Havertz's skill is he can do many different things pretty well. He's a jack of all trades. But the issue is, in some games you need a specialist as a striker. Because my thing is that you look at look at Haaland. It's not about the quality of the goals and so forth. This the quality of a striker, the work is done before the ball is in the net. It's about the anticipation, mm-hmm. the movements, the timing of your runs and your positioning. These are things that don't come naturally to Havertz. These are things <laughs> that come naturally to Kane, yeah. naturally to Lewandowski, naturally to Haaland because they just have those goal scoring instincts. So they mm-hmm. understand just without thinking, it's in, in, instinctly, movements, off-the-ball movements, positions, and so forth. So how did you have 700 mil and in all that time, you couldn't get one striker that Chelsea could, that, that okay, this is now a striker that, that we can now say what's mm. up to. Do you know, Havertz strikes me as somebody who got, I, I would like to know this, maybe somebody who's more attuned with German football could tell me. When did he get tall? He strikes me as somebody that grew up as kind of short and was good technically. And then by the time he got to 15, he just shot up to six foot two. So managers were like, oh, we, you, you, you can play a bit forward. But he doesn't have like the grounding or foundation of what it actually means to be like a target striker in the box. Because there are so many times that like crosses get put in and his head misses it. He hits it with like near his shoulder. It goes wide over the bar. It's like, do you not know how to head the ball? Like you're six foot two, three. It's almost as if you just got tall, you know? Mm. So I, I wondered those kinds of things. Like when exactly did you start playing closer to goal in a way where people would send you crosses? Because generally with his feet, he's he's cold. Like I trust yeah, him. Yeah. But it's 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 aerially. It's like, mm. But then I think, when did he get tall? If he's been tall his whole life and he just hasn't developed a skill, that's one thing. Um, but if he got like a growth spurt at 15, 16, 17, and he just shot up, then maybe I can, I can make sense of it. 
Um, if you have one last thing, go for it. Oh no, no, I'm gonna cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. All right. Um, I'll, my my one word would just be Lukaku. Uh, <laughs> the Belgian Jedi man, the Belgian Jedi. Bring bring back our guys. Um, where where would I go next? Let's 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 stay in the Premier League before we get to classical. Um, Vieira. So there's no more African managers left in the Premier League. Um, I think he was our only one. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. Um, do you do you think it's a problem? The kind of lack of representation of Africans in management roles in the Premier League specifically, and maybe not just management, but also like I don't think there's any black referees or black linesmen or anything like that. But actually, no. So, I, do you remember Oria Rene? Yeah, he was, bald dude, yeah, yeah. Bro, so I remember when I was in school. Do you know the amounts of racial abuse guys in school used to put forth as that this guy? Oh, I wow. was like, man. <laughs> so maybe, cause and so that was just racist maybe abuse from guys at at school. Imagine what he got during the, the grounds and so forth. So mm. yeah, wow. My thing is this: is that um, cause I remember there was a documentary. I think there was. I can't remember what it was like ages, ages ago. I think it was from the nineties. And I think it was just like these white guys saying that, like, you know, um, <laughs> black people didn't really have the kind of mental capacity to do management and coaching. Oh, shit. So, like, their main thing is, you know, of course, of course, they can play, but managing, no, and so forth. Which is why, like, it was so important what, like, Rijkaard did with Barcelona and what he did with the, the Netherlands. Because, see, my thing is, is that um, it's do you bring the Rooney rule? Into football, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know whether you bring the winning rule into football. The other thing is, um, how many black players who've retired go up um, for management roles, or rather, go up for interviews? But let's even be specific here. I think you see. Here's the thing: Vieira should have been sacked, but he was given a raw deal because I saw what the, what the issue was. Vieira was trying to play football with guys that can't play football. So he, he was trying to be like, make these guys actually like an actual proper team. <laughs> but the issue is you these guys, you just don't have the equipment. If if you have a dude called Ayu in attack, <laughs> then you're, you're screwed. Then you're, 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 you're screwed. So my thing though is, because here, here's, the, here's the thing though, Mark Hughes, do you know how many chances Marcus had? Do you know how many times this guy failed? Bro. Because the amount of times Marcus was allowed to just fail, 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 higher, fail, higher, fail, higher, fail. Because <laughs> my thing now is, okay, when next are we going uh, to see Vieira? What happened to Rijkaard? Rijkaard got Netherlands into a semi-final of the Euros. He won the, the, the Champions League with Barcelona and helped to bring about one of the was dynamic players of all time in Ronaldinho. So mm. what happened to Riker? So my thing is, um, it's it's you no know, look no 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 it's it is a tricky one. But that's but my my thing out there is, do you bring in the Rooney Rule? Do you now sort of enforce um, clubs and so forth that you have to at least interview a um, Ethnic my my minority manager, you have to you have to at least in, interview them and then boom, see what they say because that was the beauty of the Rooney Rule was you weren't even giving people a freaking chance <laughs> mm. because your assumption was like oh, black people don't coach like these <laughs> no no they 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 play so why am I interviewing them like they, yeah. they, they don't manage but when you were now forced you're like oh damn. The other guys actually actually want to be up for the role and everything. So, because yeah, so it's because my thing though is there are those players who you can tell that they can, they can probably they'll probably make good as a manager mm. because it's made sense that Sadov got into management. It's made because when you look at how Sadov played, how Rijkaard played, how Hullet played, it's like Hullet like Hullet was he he, he did everything. Because he was like he was the, probably one of the first truly amazing box to box midfielders, so it made sense that he'd have like a general understanding of of the game. So it makes sense that he'd get into management. So my thing though is, that of course, there are a lot of black players who 
want to get into management, but the issue is what kind of opportunities do, um, do, do they have, you know? Mm. So, all right. Number one, I think let's, let's, well, no, let's, that's, that's a solution in air quotes. So I'll save that one for the end of the, of the comment. I think there's, I mean, there's many problems here. The first one would be, I think if I, if I have the data correctly, that of the players in the Premier League, if we keep it just to England, it's a problem all over, but if we keep it just to England, I, th- I think 25 to 33%, so a fourth to a third of the playing staff are African people, or we can use ethnic minority, but I don't really like that terminology. So we'll just use African black people or make up a fourth or a third of the playing staff. You can look at every team and you can see evidence of it. They might not be, they may not be English per se, but they come from countries or lineage that's African. So when you look at who's in management, board positions, and ownership, we see, at, at least in the Premier League, very little to none of the representation of that 25% playing staff to upper management or just management in general. So that's one problem. Why is it that you can have a quarter or or up to a third of your playing staff be African, but once it comes to management or because like you, like there are coaches like the assistant coaches that we that we see there are some um, on the benches, but generally speaking, like the face of the of the team is not there in in terms of being African. So that's an issue. You say, you know. Um, is it is it more capability or willingness? I mean, if we look at capability, we can point to various managers who've had hella chances. Um, you, you can point to Mark Hughes. You can point point to Pardue. Maybe he had one good season. You can point to guys like Pulis. You could look at you know Roy Hodgson, even who's like coming back in, like people who are eighty that just kind of know people and they can get in. Not not that they haven't done good work throughout their career, of course they have, but they've been given the opportunities to fail, to progress, to go forward. Um, and it's not like Roy Hodgson was some great player. I don't even know if he had like a great playing career. What it seems like now, though, is African players are getting a chance if you have a name. If you're Seydorf, we'll give you a chance. If you're Thierry Henry, we'll give you chances. If you're Patrick Vieira, we'll give you a chance. But that doesn't mean you'll get another one. And I think we've had this conversation multiple times, but it takes a very particular person to be great at a sport and then be great as a coach. You can look at Thierry Henry. He's great as a pundit. He's great as as a commenter of the game. But when he's trying to explain to players how to do what he did, he can't. I don't think that le- that level of talent can't be explained in a communicable way with the player of lesser quality. When Thierry Henry's talking about Haaland, he can talk to you about that talent because he had some of it, maybe even more. But trying to coach a lesser version into what he was, he can't do it. Um, but that's kind of the problem is that when you look at like Pep Guardiola wasn't a crazy great player. He was just good. Uh-huh. Jurgen Klopp, I don't. He, I think he played, but I don't know if he was great. Thomas Tuchel, he played, but he wasn't great, but they got the chances where they were. You would have to – generally, the, the, the good managers are going to come from players who are I. But if we're just – if Patrick Vieira is the one that gets in, okay, we'll take him. But he was – I think he's in the Premier League Hall of Fame. Chances are he's not going to be a great manager. We hope so. But chances are that's not really going to materialize. So that's one issue or two issues. To the Rooney rule point, and it kind of doubles back, it seems effective on its face. But if you actually look at the statistics, in a, at least in the, at the NFL, it's not that effective. Because what happens is people are ceremonially interviewed. So let's say Chelsea sack Potter and the Rooney rule is in effect. Well, Todd Bowley will go to Patrick Vieira. We'll use him as an example. Mm. And he interviews him. But really, he knows in the back of his mind he wants to hire Mauricio Pochettino. So he ceremonially interviews him. He comes. He, I don't know, drinks tea, biscuits, whatever they're they're up to. Interviews him. Talks for five minutes. Do you want the job? What will you do with the team? Blah, blah, blah. But in the back of his mind, he knows he doesn't he's he's not getting this job because I've already talked to the agent of Pochettino and this is just a formality that we need to do to cover the rule. 
Now, in some instances, you could say maybe like a Mike Tomlin for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He goes and has a great interview, I think, with the Miami Dolphins. And word gets around that, bro, this guy that's, I think, a defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. I might be messing it up. He's really talented. And Pittsburgh goes and gets him um, without even following the Rudy rule. They actually wanted him. That that level of, I think, desire from an ownership group to actually want a black coach or African coach, I mean, I feel like that's quite rare. Um, Crystal Palace probably looked at it like, bro, we have a team full of brothers. <laughs> you know, there's Olise, there's uh, Zaha, there's, I mean, the whole team, Schlup. <laughs> Look, there was a whole team you, black. Yeah, I mean, there's like one, well, the, excluding the goalkeeper. I mean, like yeah. Anderson is the only guy, so... Maybe it felt like, yo, like, you know, it works culturally. Like when you saw Olise with uh, Vieira and Wenger, like that was a good moment. But (laughs) ultimately, when it's a business and the cards are down and they suspect that you're not capable, they'll go get one of the trusted guys that's on the list. I'm sure they all have lists. Mm. And Roy Hodgson is clearly on Crystal Palace's list. I think he's been hired by them two, three times at this point. So it's... It's a combination of, of factors. One, oh, and th- th- this, is, this was the last, last thing I wanted to say. The willingness is dependent on what you see as realistic. If I want to be a manager, let's say I'm one of those middling Premier League players, and I know that I'm never going to be great in the game, but there is a chance that I could be a manager. Like, I feel like I have a good grasp of understanding what's going on. But I look around and I see there's nobody maybe one, and they're the level of Patrick Vieira. I'm never going to get that chance because I'm not Patrick Vieira. So why would I even waste my time going into management? I might as well try to do punditry or do podcasts or do something else because I don't have the connections necessarily. And to make the connections, I might have to jump through hoops that I'm not willing to or go to parties that are weird or just like be in an environment of old white power that's not really acceptable to me anyway. And maybe I'd have to I'd have to lose some of myself in order to get what I want to do. I'm not willing to go through that. So is it a matter of willingness, capability, or is it just a person recognizes there's no real opportunity to get through that door unless it's some special opportunity? Why would I even waste my time? So I think there are plenty of black players who would want to be coach, not just positional coaches or assistant coaches, but actually be the main guy. But that's never going to happen for me, at least in England. Maybe I could go to a different country and have a different experience, but... No, no, no. Look, I think there's a bias. Mm. PNP. Where does PNP come from? PNP comes from you having a particular stereotype of the black player and really mm. the black person. So when you look at a black player and he does a piece of skill or something, oh man, look at that, he's pace and a power. <laughs> you are already sort of just sort of sum- surmising the black player as he is just a physical specimen. He's just, he's basically just this beast. Good point. A beast doesn't have intelligence or the level of intelligence to manage a team. Mm. So already there's already a bias as to what you feel a black athlete is capable of doing. Because like you, you, you can't call this beast of an athlete Uh, You can't view this beast of an athlete as somebody who can get into the very detailed, complicated um, parameters, which is management, which is a very, very mental thing. And it's a very good point that you bring up as well. Most amazing players don't make amazing managers. And this is something that people refuse to understand. Management and playing are totally different. And people don't actually say, no, if you're an amazing player... That means you understand football. That means you're a mixing manager. No. <laughs> Management is totally different from playing, which is why there is an extremely small percentile of truly um, exceptional players who made truly exceptional managers because management is something totally different. But the issue is these owners, these managers, and so forth, how do they perceive black people? How do they see, perceive black athletes? Do you truly believe and see them on the same level footing as these other guys where, oh, they, I'm sure they will have a clear understanding of the game. Because as mm-hmm. you said, which is a very good point, Henri, Seedorf, these were exceptional players. 
like Vieira is out to be one of the best central midfielders in the Premier League. Henri is one of the best strikers of his generation. Sidov is one of the best midfielders of his generation. So these are truly exceptional guys. But where is the okay, pretty good black player who wants to get into management and maybe wasn't wasn't that great a player, but really management is, is truly his thing. Mm. But for that white owner, they're like, why mm. am I going to even give the guy because you're, you're not on Rio Rivera, so why should I give you the same opportunity that you give a Klopp, a Mourinho, a Pep, a Fergie? Right. So. Also, but there is one chance out there. Burnley, I don't know if you know what oh, yeah, company uh, yeah. company's up to, but he seems to be doing some good things and I've seen good clips and he seems to have like a good level of communication and I'm biased towards thinking defenders make better managers. But I, I, I do know what's crazy, like, bro, I saw, just, if you saw him, he looks so much like my cousin. <laughs> like one of my cousins, this like, they look so similar, it's crazy. So All right, um, but before we get to your voicemails, um, quick word on El Clasico. I don't think it'd be fair if we didn't talk about it because I did watch the game. Um, yeah. It was a fun game, really good game. Um, I don't. Madrid didn't play well at all, but as they tend to do, they find a way to just make it interesting or make it close, and that's what they did. It wasn't their best day. It wasn't their best game. Vinicius wasn't great. Benzema wasn't great. Midfield wasn't great. Kroos was pissed to be taken off, I think, at 60 minutes. Um, but they scored, you know. They scored first, actually. Mm. And, um, well, they they forced on the goal. goal. On goal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they forced the goal. They just find a way to, to play. Um, and it looked like they would get 1-1. Um, but, I mean, Lewandowski hit that. That back heel, I think, to Quality, Balde. Yeah. And Balde finds Kessia in mm. the box. And 2-1, Barcelona get their 90-plus-2 winner, I think. And that pretty much wraps up the league. Oh, yeah, it's over. It's um, over yeah. Yeah. I think the gap is, you could tell me, 12 11 points. points 12, 12 points, points. Yeah. So that's that. <laughs> All the leagues are done except da, 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 da. France, I think, is close because PSG... Like EPL is close. The, well, the, the EPL is kind of close. You know. I mean, well, the, well, no, no, you know, the no, Bundesliga EPL, is the one this year. Yeah, no, no, no. I think look, EPL. Let's see what happens between City and, and, and mm-hmm. Liverpool. Bundesliga is definitely close, but no one cares about Dortmund. Let's be real. <laughs> PSG winning Uber Eats, even if it doesn't matter if they do, they will. I think the close ones are Bundesliga and EPL. I think EPL is going to go down to, to the wire. You know, I've noticed that, like on your channel, it says the home of football analysis for like Champions League, Europa League. You don't mm. list league on. It's like Premier League, Serie A, <laughs> Bundesliga, and La Liga. It doesn't mention because no, because because PSG. Have, I thought like because basically I'm doing um we're going to do like a top ten players ranking mm-hmm. on Saturday but on form, and I refuse to include any PSG players. You can't rank a PSG player based on what they do in Uber Eats because it's unfair. So it's unfair. The, 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 the league on top four or top five will go with six, actually. We got Lille in sixth, Rennes at five, Monaco four, Lens is third, Marseille, have 59 points in second, and PSG have seven more with 66 in first place. So with 10 games to go, they have a seven-point cushion. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much wrapped up. So I think PSG uh, are going to win the league twice in a row, is it? it Leo won it two years ago with Yilmaz and those guys. All right. But, yeah, I mean, look, El Clasico is just El Clasico, man. Like, it's, a, it's always a good game to watch, mm. even if it's a blowout. Or just like unfair, you you get to see stuff. So, and it, what does it does it generally feel like Barca is the one that like wins dramatically in these games, or am I just biased to thinking Barca just get these wins these somehow? I mean, obviously the last time was obviously the the Messi Jersey set of celebration. Mm-hmm. I remember last time it was like a dramatic thing. What, no, yeah, no, what was the last time like Real Madrid just won dramatically? No, I mean the classic. I can't remember them. Yeah. No, no, but listen, look, my thing though is look, Because it's not that they Javi don't credit. do it, but just not against Barca. Yeah, you have to you have to give Javi credit, man. I mean, look, Uh-oh. if Barca go ahead and do it, man, Carlo is still yet to win back to back, which is crazy. <laughs> that's that's just it crazy. would be an all time collapse. The, the only way Madrid win is if uh, Barca get a points deduction. But I think I saw today that the charges might be dropped. So on Juve? 
No, no, no. On um, Barcelona. Barcelona, like whatever allegations, like they looked into oh, it. Oh, and, and also, Juventus are seven points from top four with a 15 points deduction. Do you, that do you is know, insane. I saw Colosimo message you and he said they might get the 15 points yeah, yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. They will get 15 points back. So yeah. if they get the 15 points back, I think they go second. Yeah, they go second. So I think then they'd be like, what, I think 16 or 15 behind Napoli. <laughs> so. Definitely unclear, bro. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. We're not done yet. Back to racism. Have you seen? Oh, yeah, yeah. I told you. I, I, I said, no, I, I laughed. <laughs> I laughed. Too. That, All that, I could do is just laugh. Like, probably like, what, what do we? Look, I'm not having a racism discussion again. Man. I'm, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm if you No, okay. If you click the link that I sent you. The mm. whole thing is foods that look like Osirin. Oh, yeah, I know. So it's like there's drinks, there's chicken. I, in the past week, I've seen Osirin as chocolate chocolate cake. <laughs> I've seen him as chicken. I've seen him now as a banana. And I've seen a little kid dress up in blackface. As I've said on the time, I don't think Naples is a responsible place to house one of the best African talents at the moment. <laughs> I think he needs to go. Him and Anguissa need to leave for, for <laughs> Cameroon and Nigeria's sake. It doesn't seem safe. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, I, I think I understand what they're up to in terms of, like, they're trying to show respect or their appreciation for him. But mm. because there's such a lack of respect of African people in that cultural in that culture no, generally, it's just, it's just ignorance. It shows it's just general up, ignorance. It, they, they use the stereotypes to kind of, like, Oh no no no! We, we're subverting the stereotype, and really, we're, we we like you, but we're just using this to show that we like you because we think you like this. It's just like some twisted way of showing appreciation. Because I, if you meet general people in Naples, I'm sure they love Osirim. Like, why wouldn't they? Like, he's giving them the first league since 1980. You tell me, seven, eight, nine? Yeah, it's a nine ninety. Eighty nine ninety. So of course they love him, but it's just the way they show appreciation is so twisted because showing appreciation to African people is quite rare in that country. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like that. Generally, they don't know how to do it. And even if they did, I still feel like they traffic in, oh, he likes chicken. Let's put him on chicken. He's chocolate cake. Let's put him on chocolate cake. He's, <laughs> bro, he was a chocolate banana. <laughs> I'm finished with that, bro. Look, it's like, hilarious, it's so, it's so stupid, it's funny. But anyway, let's get to your voicemail. So let's test this feature out. So this one, is from Tapiwa. Shout out this to This is him. a really so, good feature. If you guys actually start getting questions from listeners by voice, this would be really dope. Shout out to Tapiwa. Shout out, man. Shout out, bro. Tapiwa, man. Shout All right. out, bro. All right. So this one is from Rohan. Thank everybody that, that sent one in. Um, let's hear it. Hey guys, I'm a massive fan of the podcast and I want to get your thoughts on whether you think Jaden Sancho can regain the form he showed at Dortmund. Shout out to Rohan. Is that an Irish name? Maybe not. Um, Jaden Sancho, can he reclaim the form that he showed at Dortmund with United or in general? Um, it's possible. It's possible for me. For me, I, talent is talent. You just, it's 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 down to the coach and the player. <laughs> it's there. So. <laughs> That stutter took me out, bro. Wait, what stutter? <laughs> <laughs> you said it's 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 possible. Like, oh yeah. Do you do that? There are some words like there, or I just did the, the, there. There are some words. There are some words that just get me, man. I can't. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, look, it depends, me. man. I mean, if he walks with Ten Hag and so forth, and just focuses, it's possible because the talent is there. It exists. You just have to find it. And it's down to the players' hard work and the manager's coaching and instructions. So, do you know what's gone by the wayside that maybe mm. might need to be revived? Is do we Bundesliga tax? Is this real? Like I, I know because of Holland and, and Lewandowski, but what if they're impervious to the tax? And what if a lot of the creative players at Dortmund, whether we look at Dembele, Pulisic, Sancho, what if they're part of the tax? I don't know. I'm just saying, like maybe it's not possible to recre- recreate what is a, what can be created in the context of Dortmund for an attacking player. 
if we look at maybe Goza, if we look at Kagawa, if we take, I mean, if we take it back, how many great number tens or wide players have come from Dortmund and gone to other places and excelled, or or if not excelled, justified the money that was spent on them? That might be an interesting conversation from Pop yeah, era to Tuka we'll era yeah. and beyond. Um, we have one more from Adnan, and I haven't listened to this one, so I don't know what it's going to be. So let's see. D. I've been listening to the show since about 2017. And oh, uh, in honor of the international break, I wanted to ask, would you rather your country win the World Cup or your club team win the quadruple or trouble if it's outside of England? All right, guys. Thanks for a great show. What's just the World Cup, man? Shout out to Adam. Uganda Cup, win the World Cup or Chelsea win a quad? Give me Uganda, bro. Do you know what? I would take Uganda... Just in a World Cup, fuck winning it. Just <laughs> qualify through African qualification. Even if there's, there could be ninety six teams in the next World Cup. Get Uganda into the competition, and I'll take that any day over Chelsea winning some temporal Champions League or Super League or wherever it might be. Thanks for the question, but I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm, I mean, it could ruple is tempting. It could ruple is tempting, but it's the World <laughs> Cup, man. <laughs> But you know, uh, you know, HH, H, actually, HH, for, for your channel, Chelsea winning a quad would be much more beneficial. Oh, bro, like than Nigeria winning a World Cup. <laughs> Look, if 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 Chelsea wins the if Chelsea win with the quarter, it's over. <laughs> like it, it literally is over. Like it's actually, I'm I'm fighting so to clutch at, at straws and everything right now. If you give me a, a quad, I'm impervious. Basically, I'm Superman. <laughs> I'm the man of steel. Exactly. <laughs> So, like, and there's no kryptonite. There's really nothing. Oh that no, you can no, say there's, after there's no that. kryptonite. There's no like, kryptonite. It's over. Do you know I watched what movie did I watch recently? Shazam. It was on HBO Max. So I was just like, you know what? Oh, I'll yeah. watch it. Like the first one. Oh yeah, because because the, the new one is out, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah. It's not that bad. Like it, it was. Oh, no, it's good. It was it's okay. Good. It's good. I, I, I have something against like the whole spirits thing. Like that was kind of strange and weird. Like I don't mm. like those kind of animations because I watched it at night. There are some things I just can't watch at night. Oh, my yeah, mind yeah, just yeah. Like, yeah, but right. yeah, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty good. But no, like, bro, I like hearing like your guys' voices, man. That's dope. So it's cool, man. It's cool. Thanks. Shout, shout out man. to Pee Shout out Rohan. Shout out Adnan. So yeah, for the international break, if you guys are so inclined, the link is in the description. Send us um, a question. And uh, we'll play it on the show. I would love to have a whole show where we just answer your guys' voice notes or just listen to them. Mm. So shout out and like people saying I've listened to the show for years. 2017, he said. Yeah. Like, Bruh, uh, that's a long time. So thank thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah. Half of where can people get you? Half of footballhot.com, baby. I'm at Daniel to look. Remember to watch out for the for the off target on uh, Ivan Tony. Drop yes, it sir. soon. And yeah. We will catch you guys next week for an international break. Remember, send it those voice notes. Talking Tactics podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. Or food. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network.